Welcome to Digging In with the Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Janet Atkinson, your host for this week, and we are joined once again by Paul Nieper. Paul is an ag accounting expert, and Paul, you joined us here several weeks ago, so this is round two for you, and if there's one thing I know for sure, you never run out of things that we can talk about, and sometimes I know that's got to be frustrating on your part because there's so much to keep up with. It's, it's actually, I'm, I'm sort of a, I've been accused of being a voracious reader. I typically read between 100 and 150 books a year. And then plus all the other stuff, like my morning, the first hour and a half of my morning is just catching up on reading. So uh, I, I'm used to it. I enjoy it. Uh, I think it keeps me uh, fairly healthy, keeps my brain healthy. Keeps your brain moving, that's for certain. Now, we were gonna jump into a couple of programs that are available. Uh, first of all, let's start with the Emergency Relief Program. This is something that's been around for a little bit, but it seems like there's little tweaks and steps all along the way here. Yeah, so the phase one program was based on what crop insurance proceeds were received by farmers in 2020 and 2021. They've announced that they're gonna do the same program for 2022 disaster payments. Uh, we haven't heard the details, but really what we want to talk about today is what's called the phase two program. That's based on what they call allowable gross revenue. And it's based on your tax return. Now it sounds, hey, this is pretty easy. You just look at your tax return and that's exactly what you, what you use. Well, it's not that easy. That's the problem when we're dealing with FSA and IRS tax forms is this is crop based only. So if you have a Schedule F that's got livestock operations, and I know in Missouri, there's a lot of farmers that have livestock, you have to back all that out. And then if you have certain governmental program payments, you have to back out anything related to livestock, anything related to conservation programs such as CRP, CSP, Equip, you have to back all that out. And then when you deal with crop insurance, and it's been Let's just say that their, their guidance on their website is pretty much clear as mud uh, when it deals with crop insurance. Our understanding, and I'm going to say it right up front, it's our understanding based on you know information we've gotten, is that you pick up the crop insurance proceeds in the year that they're received. Not necessarily when it's reported as taxable income, but in the year received. But for the emergency relief program phase two, you then get to deduct your crop insurance premiums that you paid plus any related fees. And I think that's similar to the phase one because over on phase one, they actually reimburse the farmers for the crop insurance premiums and the fees that were paid. So that's why I think they're allowing you to deduct it. And then you go down, you come down, and this is you get to pick the best, the highest number for 2018 or 2019. And then you compare it to your allowable gross revenue for either 2020 or 2021. But first on 18 and 19, you have to multiply that by 70%. So let's say, let's say your gross revenue in 2018 was a million dollars. You multiply it by 70%. If your allowable gross revenue for 2020 or 21 is less than 700,000, then you potentially have a claim. And what do I mean by potential? Well, then you have to back out any payment you receive under ERP phase one, because there's a combined limit of 125,000. If you've already maxed out on phase one, don't waste your time on phase two. You're not gonna get any extra payments. So um, like I say, this is messy. It's dealing with tax forms. It's dealing with adding, subtracting, 
uh, various items of income. Uh, there appears to be some nonprofit agencies. I think there's 10 or 12 of them that USDA has said, hey, you can go ahead and go to these agencies and they'll help you prepare the form. Um, you know, they've had some, I'm going to call it propaganda, telling you how easy these forms are. Uh, they're not. And then the instructions for the form I had filled out or helped uh, a farmer fill out this form. I put down 2018 and 2019 revenue. And they said, you can't do that because we're going to pick up the wrong one. I'm like, well, it's the highest of. No, no, just put down the highest of. So it's 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 just messy. So so that's the ERP phase two. It it's it's a pretty good program. Now, what I'm finding out, and I'll, I'll provide some additional details. In the regulations that came out on it, they had set us, they thought the total claims, and this is based on my memory, they thought the total claims are going to be maybe a billion eight of total claims under ERP phase two, but they only set aside 1.5 billion of funding. Now, what's happening, they have now less than a thousand applications that come in. And let's say that $50,000 the average claim, well, 1,000 times 50,000 is 50 million. That's a long ways away from 1.5 billion. So if they don't hit the 1.5 billion, my understanding is that potentially they'll take those funds, those excess funds, and use it to top up the phase one payments. Remember under phase one, they only paid out about 80% of the um, I think it was 80 or 75% of the actual calculated claim. So there's still some additional funding that could go toward phase one if they don't tap out or fully tap out phase two. Is there a timeline on this right now in place? There, there is a timeline. I'm glad you brought that up, Janet, is that the original due date, if my memory is right, was June 2nd. So that's already expired. However, they decided to extend the due date to July 14th uh, to give people additional time. And I think part of that, the, the problem with the June 2nd deadline is a lot of these farmers are going to have to go to their CPA or their tax preparer. And CPAs, you know, they're tied up with tax returns through April 15th. And then believe me, most CPAs really don't get a lot of work done in May. They're just recovering from being, you know, working those hours. So I think that's the reason they kicked it out to July 14th. But again, not, I've looked at probably, I'm guessing I've looked at about 100 of these, and I think less than five farmers actually qualified for a payment. Now, several of them qualified, but their phase one payment offset it. Mm -hmm. and, and remember, a lot of farmers, even if they had lower income in 2020, they typically have a bunch of income that they've kicked down the road for a year or two or three years. And they try to bring in that income into that 2020 or 2021 tax return. So it's going to be very difficult for a farmer to have a 30% reduction in revenue. It's not, and it's not based on production or anything. It's just how much revenue did you show on that return? Plus, a lot of them have collected quite a bit of crop insurance payments and, and CFAP payments and so on and so forth. You said you've looked at about a hundred of these and so far only about five of them ish qualify uh, within that scope of those that you've looked at though. Are there any common mistakes that you've seen along the process that might be a good heads up for folks? Well, I think, uh, I think originally including myself making the mistake as I hadn't backed out the crop insurance premiums and fees. 
I mean, if you look at the form, there's about three pages of items that are allowed or not allowable. And it's in about five point type. You know, you got to really sit there and squint to read it. And I had missed that originally when I was looking at this. So I think uh, and and really the guidance on that deferred work. You know, many farmers will collect crop insurance in 2022 or 21 or 19 or 18 and then defer it to the following year. And their FAQ on that was not very clear. It just said, you pick it up on the return as reported. Well, people, when they hear the word reported, they think that means it's taxable income. Well, no, it just means it was actually reported on the return, which is line 6A. So we, we typically think it's line 6A that you pick up. Now, you also mentioned uh, to us ahead of time the Pandemic Assistance Revenue Program. What is that new one? Okay. So remember, the ERP is crops only, and it's for 2020 and 2021. The Pandemic Assistance Revenue Program is an additional 2020 program. It's not for 21. It's only for 2020. And it is for all of your farm income. So anything that you reported on Schedule F is going to qualify. Now, remember on the ERP phase two, you had to have at least a 30% reduction in revenue. The PARP only requires if you're socially disadvantaged, including women, all women are, are quote, socially disadvantaged. Um, you only need a 10% reduction in revenue. All others need a 20% reduction in revenue. So uh, there's a lot more farmers that qualify for the PARP that I have found that qualify for the ERP phase two. Now, a couple of nuances. Again, I mentioned it's for all your income, so it includes livestock income. Now, certain income such as cannabis and, and timber and anything related to, on both programs, custom farm income, that's not included. It's really crop or livestock income. Uh, but the nuance, the additional nuance, remember on ERP, for crop insurance, you get to reduce it by the fees and the premiums you paid, even if it's a negative number. Over on PARP, you don't reduce it by the crop insurance premiums or fees, so it's a little bit different. And then when you go through, you have to back out your CFAP 1, CFAP 2 that you received. And I think that's true on ERP phase 2. I don't have my things in front of me, but I think you back it out there too. But over on PARP, you'll go through that calculation. Then you come down. So let's say you had a claim of $80,000, just as an example. But you collected ERP phase one, you collected CFAP phase one or CFAP one and two. You have to reduce it by all those payments. And if you still have a net number, again, FSA said, hey, we think we're going to get about $2.5 billion of claims under PARP. We're only setting aside $250 million for funding it. So your claim might only end up being 10% of what's calculated. Now, again, I've not seen a lot of people qualify under PARP. I think that 10% number is going to be higher, but we're not going to know until they finally close the program, you know, on or after July 14th. Then I'm guessing most farmers are going to find out what they receive two weeks, a month, two months later. You know, it's going to take them a while, go through, calculate all the claims, and then determine how much funding they have, and then they'll decide how much of percentage they'll want to pay out. When we're talking about putting these things together and pulling the paperwork together, uh, it does sound like you're definitely at an advantage if you've got an accountant that you can work with hand in hand. I, I would totally agree with that. 
again, FSA said, hey, this is a simple form. Well, for some farmers, it's simple. But for most of the farmers I see, this is not a simple form, either one. Um, and then also on the ERP phase two, if a farmer, quote, qualifies as a farmer, well, what does that mean? It means that their farm AGI is at least 75% of total AGI, and AGI stands for adjusted gross income. It's not gross revenue. If it was gross revenue, all farmers would qualify. However, on AGI, adjusted gross income, if you have gains from selling equipment, most of the time that doesn't qualify. So a lot of farmers get kicked out and they say, what do you mean I don't qualify as a farmer? All my income is from farming. Well, technically, according to the FSA forms, you don't qualify as a farmer. And then farmers start getting mad at us as CPAs because in order for them to get that extra money, we have to fill out a letter, you know, and file it with the FSA. Well, if you don't meet it, you know, I have heard too many stories. Farmers will go find another CPA. Oh, I'll just sign the form. And they just sign the form and send it in. So uh, that and that allows you to get additional. If your if your calculated payment is over the $125,000 limit, but you're a qualifying farmer, you actually can get a payment up to $250,000 for corn, soybeans, and so on. If you have a, if you have what's called specialty crops, you know, you're a vegetable grower in Missouri and you had a large claim, you could actually get a payment up to 900000 So just some of the nuances. Again, anytime, Janet, we're dealing with F FSA programs, there's always these quirky rules that kick you, uh, that can come in and kick you. So uh, it, it's just, and then also, you know, you have the national rules, you have the state rules, and you have the local office rules. And what the local office says typically goes unless it's a big enough deal and you can appeal it to the state or the national level. For the ERP, we're already on phase two. Where are we with the pandemic assistance? Uh, they have the same deadline, July okay. 14th. Uh, the PARP came out later on. Uh, it act, Well, I think it came out about the same time as ERP phase two. ERP phase one was clear back in 2022. It was right. like around August or September the phase two came out earlier this year, along with PARP. I think it was around February or March of this year. So uh, do you expect another phase of PARP? I don't think we'll get another PARP because it's strictly pandemic. It's strictly 2020. The ERP is a disaster program. So it's 2020, 21 and 2022. And like I say, we will get an additional 2022. This is something farmers are going to have to keep dealing with here for another six months, probably. As we look ahead to the second half of the year, you know, you said the, the deadline for these is July 14th, but as we know, paperwork is never over, I'm afraid. What is next on our, our radar here? Well, again, for farmers that had um, lower income in 2022 because of a disaster, uh, the nice thing about phase one, FSA calculates it based on the RMA data, you know, the crop insurance data. They automatically send out a check as long as you sign the form. That's easy. Phase two is where we got to go through all this paperwork processing. Uh, so that's probably, I'm guessing, September, October, November timeframe is when that one will kick in after they get done with the 2020 and 21. Then they'll bring out 2022. So like I say, farmers going to have to deal with this between now and year end. 
And Paul, before we wrap things up, of course, we're also in a situation where we've got a lot of folks who are dealing with drought conditions already this year. Um, what do we maybe need to keep in mind as we go through this growing season and looking ahead? Yeah, I think a lot of farmers automatically assume that they collect crop insurance proceeds this year, they can defer it to the following year. And likely that's going to be wrong this year because a lot of what they're going to receive is actually related to price. So what do I mean by that? Let's say your spring price, the discovery price for corn, if my memory's right, is about 585 roughly. And let's say the price in harvest is five bucks. Well, that 85 cents is what we call price related loss. We can't defer that. You know, technically that can't be deferred until 2024. So a lot of farmers need to understand that if they have a crop insurance uh, proceeds this year, that they really need to talk that over with their, because um, the uh, crop insurance company, whether it's rain and hail, RCIS, whoever it is, uh, is going to provide that information. They're going to tell you, hey, this much is price, this much is yield. And so the yield component can be deferred, but the price component can't be deferred. And again, the yield component in most situations can be deferred, but not all situations. All right, Paula, as always, great information for folks to have on hand. Any last thoughts that you'd like to leave folks with before we wait and talk to you in another few weeks? No, I think the key is if, if people are, are working on um, PRP or ERP phase two and they have questions, you know, on, my, on our blog, farmcpareport.com, there's lots of posts on there that they can search or take a look at. I, I think as we get additional details, we will continue to post on the farmcpareport.com. Uh, it's easy to sign up for, there's no cost right now. Um, so just, just go to that site. And the nice thing if they sign up and subscribe to it, every time we do a post, it automatically sends it out to them via email. Awesome. Well, Paul, as always, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate your insight. If folks have any questions that you'd like Paul to tackle, well, you can email me or you can also email Paul himself, farmcpa at outlook.com. That's farmcpa at outlook.com. And again, his podcast or rather his blog, farmcpareport.com. So Paul, as always, thanks for your time and information. We appreciate it. Paul Meefer, an ag accounting expert joining us for this week's Digging In podcast with Missouri Farm Bureau.